Shut up and sit down. without a cold. March comes around, I get a cold. I, uh, anyway, <clears throat> sometime around, oh fuck if I know, the middle of January maybe, <clears throat> Jillian and I were having a conversation and we'd had several conversations, one of which took place on the podcast about how um, fandom archives are reader-centric um, and how they're um, designed and, and made and presented for the reader over the writer. Um, and that's just the way fandom is constructed. And so we started talking about that and, um, you know, and one night <clears throat> it literally like, like at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning we decided <laughs> That we were gonna make um, an archive of a sort of our own, and we ended up. Um, it went through various things with software and, and websites, and um, um, it was very close to her exodus from Ao3. Yes, and I'm gonna bring Jillian on in just a second, and um, <clears throat> it. Uh, we went through, you know, eFiction and some plugins and a couple of different names, and at one point there was a loft. And then um, was born, and we, um, uh, the Wild Hair Project became what it is, and um, um, it's a writing collective, and um, um, we're opening it to new authors officially as of this moment. We're still in beta, um, and I'm going to get Jilly on the line. <clears throat> and... Uh, that little click was her being turned on, her phone being turned on. I turned on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's very excited to hear from you. <laughs> her phone loves me. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we 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 did a thing um, where we were talking about. Um, uh, how authors um, are second-class citizens in fandom. Sometimes I think we're third-class citizens in fandom. Um, readers treat us like... Um, I don't want to use the word slave labor, but it keeps popping into my head. And it's not true of every reader. There are plenty of readers who are super grateful to get whatever you give them, right? They they don't. But then there's a whole other class of reader who not only expects you to dedicate massive massive amounts of time to creating um, fan fiction for them that they get to read for free, they feel like they have the right to intrude on your process and tell you what to write. 
and how to write it and where to post it. If I have one more person tell me they wished I'd post on AO3 so it was easier for them to make ebooks, I'm going to cuss them the fuck out. I'm just saying. <clears throat> I think that it's interesting. I think that um, readers, when they go to an archive, um, Archives present, like, everything, like, you know, um, depending upon the archive, because, like, fanfiction.net has a little bit of a different feel about it, because they're um, ad-driven, they're ad-paid for, so um, their readers really are more important to them, Um, and every writer is a commodity that can be easily replaced, because if they don't have readers, they don't have people looking at the ads, and their ad revenue goes down. Um, AO3 is a little bit of a different vibe um, to me than than fanfiction.net, but still the the authors provide part of the commodity that that the archive needs to run, Um, but it's treated as as the replaceable part of the commodity. You know what I mean? Like, well, you can be replaced. That's sort of the vibe about the whole thing. Um, But I think when writers go to – not writers, when readers go to a multi-fandom archive – in a way, it's they stop realizing that I think they stop realizing they're dealing with people, not all readers. This is again not an all readers thing, but the problem readers. They stop realizing they're dealing with individual people. This is not, you know, they treat it like you know, like they would Amazon or something or Netflix, and it's like your story didn't come out the way that they wanted it to, so or there's not enough of it or whatever, and so it interfered with their entertainment experience, and it they're entitled in some fashion to. Um, treat you like you're a service provider in some way, and I, and I, I think it's, I think for a lot of people they just forget that there are real people there. That's so annoying. It's so annoying. <clears throat> it's kind of like being warehoused. I remember I I started out on fanfiction.net and um I didn't have a problem with fanfiction.net and their policies regarding content. Um I had a problem with the culture on fanfiction.net mm-hmm. because I I started out with a het series. It was Jennifer Keller and Ronan um Dex and I um eventually branched out in that series to have a relationship for John and Laura Cadman. Which I really enjoyed. I, I enjoyed that pairing a lot. Um, and then I had another pairing. And it was McKay and Evan Lorne. And the first time I marked off that pairing in my author notes, I got land blasted for including a gay pairing in my het romance. How fucking dare I? And it was the readers. They were so... Furious, furious, and I was, I was, I was, I had never. I mean, I was brand new in fandom. I had never had that kind of experience. Um, fandom was just like I didn't even know what it really was. It was like some kind of playground I stumbled across, um, where I got to play as a writer. And um, I had written fan fiction in the past, but I'd never shared it in mass in any way, in any single way. It had always been written just for me. Um, And I was so 
horrified by the reaction. That even today, when I'm on fanfiction.net, which I do do those those fic dives where I read a whole bunch of terrible fiction, I don't know why. It's just what I do. Um, Whenever I see um, some variation of no slash in capital letters or uh, don't worry, no slash, no gay pairings, I want to stab somebody. Because I know it isn't always the author's fault. They're doing it to avoid getting shit from readers. And that's the kind of toxic environment that fanfiction.net has. All archives have a toxic element to them. Even, and I'm going to be perfectly honest, Rough Trade has a toxic element. And it probably stops and ends with me. Because I am so militant with readers and their comment, and I feel free to edit the shit out of their comments when I don't like what they have to say. I'm kind of a tyrant over there, which is how I earned my recent promotion on Facebook is the tyrant of trade. And that's, <laughs> that's I, I don't even, I have no regrets, none. And I know that a lot of readers are put off by how much of an asshole I am when I'm on rough trade. Um, and I don't care. And I know what kind of reputation it has given me in fandom for being, um, I've been called thin skinned. I've been called, um, difficult and um, bitchy and um, but this thin skin really bothers me because it's not remotely true it doesn't hurt my feelings when you give me concrete constructive criticism it pisses me off because I don't think you're qualified to do it which brings me to the other name I get called often arrogant I don't care. But so, so so there is that element on Rough Trade um, that puts readers off. And I understand that. I'm not going to change it. But I understand. I understand their point of view. I even get it that they feel like they can't um, express themselves fully on Rough Trade. And that's absolutely true. You can't express yourself fully on Rough Trade. That's how I designed it. That's why all comments are moderated. So you don't get to be an asshole on my space. Because it's my space. It's got my name on it, sort of. I pay the bill. That's right. And, you know, it's not like there's not plenty of spaces where they can do whatever the hell they want, you know. And if people don't like being edited, um, they shouldn't. You know, an editing thing. Say dumb shit. Um, the editing thing, some people, I think some people don't, the authors sometimes wonder about the editing. Because um, we poked about that once, because we referenced editing comments. We only take out... It, a lot of times we just do, if there's something negative we just delete it wholesale usually, but sometimes somebody says something really nice, and the author deserves to see that nice part, but they don't deserve the other crap that's with it. So we don't edit. Um, we don't edit in the sense of you know changing what they wrote. We just take out the negative piece so that nobody the writer never sees it. Because it's not conducive to the environment of rough trade. And it's it's not what rules. rough trade's about. And it is against the rules. And a lot of times if an author has a whole bunch of comments, 
I'll just delete it wholesale. But if you only have two or three comments on your on your on your fic, you deserve that feedback, and I want you to have it. But I don't want you to get, oh, I really love this, and this is great. Can I please have this, 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 and this? And I really like it if you did this pairing, because that's the kind of shit that happens on Rough Trade. They want to intrude on your process and try to m- make you do what they want to do. I really hope you make Harry and Draco the main pairing of the story. Even though in your author notes it explicitly says that it's Harry and Neville. Just saying. <laughs> so there's an element for sometimes of editing comments that are against the rules that we would normally just delete so that the writers can get the part of the feedback that was appropriate and was nice and that they deserve to hear. But we're not like, you know, editing, manufacturing content or anything like that. No, it's so. just editing out their bullshit. Yeah, they're Because they're a bullshit filter. Fuckers. I mean that sincerely with with all the affection that you're due. You fucker. Um, So anyway, what we also noticed and we talked about is that there are people who only post on Rough Trade. And because Rough Trade doesn't have any kind of archive, because I have to keep it clean for the database, you have no idea what it's like, how harsh it is to have all that content coming and going out of a database at at Rough Trade. and I can't afford financially to keep it um, when you've got two or three hundred um, megabytes of photos for each project, um, all the content, um, because it's just it's not because of the way Rough Trade is structured and how often we do challenges and stuff. It's just not financially feasible to host all those images and to host all that content and to handle all that traffic. So that's why RT won't and never will be an archive. Because I do want you to have that freedom to create that really big project file with your pictures and your um, in your videos, because that, that's just part of the process of creating a project, which is what Rough Trade's about. It's about um, building a story. So I don't want to limit your ability to do that on Rough Trade. Um, the other side of it is, is there are people who only post to Rough Trade. So when Rough Trade gets cleared off, that work is gone, and it, and it never shows up anywhere else. It's not on AO3. It's not on fanfiction.net because they aren't comfortable on those archives, and I don't blame them. They don't know things- how or don't want the responsibility of, of running their own website. Um, one of the things I had shared with you um, after after I left, after I took all my work off AO3 is I got a lot of um, – emails from people who had questions about, you know, my decision to leave and stuff. and and But there was this subset of people who were just sharing their experience of having been on an archive or being too afraid to be on an archive and why they left. And I had done a, a post about, because somebody asked a question specifically about, well, how do you build a readership if you don't have, if you're not on an archive like that? And... Um, so I had I had given some thoughts about how to go about that, but I was we were talking late one night about some of those people um, who who had the awareness they knew that this 
that, that that environment over there was not for them. That even though AO3 might be more pro-writer than fanfiction.net is or whatever, um, that that, <clears throat> that kind of environment, um, they knew they wouldn't be able to handle it. And they weren't certain how to go about sharing their work um, without... So there, there are there are quite a few people out there um, who who want to write or who are writing who aren't sharing their work because they don't feel like they can handle the toxicity that is fandom. So that's what the Wild Hair Project is. It's a little bit different than Rough Trade because there's not going to be to keep the size of the site small and manageable as far as um, paying for space. Although I did, because of donations, recently get the opportunity to upgrade um, um, my, my web spaces. And so you might notice that Rough Trade is running a little faster now, and that's why. So I'm really, I'm really glad we did that before we moved into our new challenge in April. Um, um, and Wild Hair is running on a similar uh, hosting package. And I'm going to move my personal site near the end of the year after um, I get finished using all the shit that I've already paid for because I can't – it pisses me off because I pay for that shit and they wouldn't give me credit to move my hosting package to the new one. And I'm not just going to not – I'm going to get my dollars out of that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wring every bit of bandwidth I can out of what I've already purchased. And then I'm going to move Kira over to the new hosting format as well. Um and um, incidentally, Lady Holder is also using that hosting format, so I highly recommend it. Um, it's really easy to use on GoDaddy. They have a managed WordPress um, option, um, and it's super it's super easy. It, it's just it's really easy to do, and um, it's when you get into the kind of site numbers that I'm running because I'm having to pay for extra con- um, extra space and stuff like that, it can be a little expensive, but for a single website, it's really, really economical. But um, I'm in the developer section, and I had to buy some extra stuff, but regardless, you don't care about that. Anyway, (laughs) it's super easy, and I highly recommend it, as long as you don't exceed their their visit their visitor limits. And that's another thing about the new hosting package that I have for RT. Um, In the past, my bandwidth was built on how many times you visited per day. Now, my bandwidth is metered by um, how many individuals I get during the day. So for all you jerk faces, I say this with love, all you jerk faces that constantly refresh your screen on Rough Trade to see for updates, will no longer be sucking my bandwidth dry because your visit only counts once a day. (laughs) (laughs) Once every 24 hours. So you can refresh that motherfucker four or five hundred times an hour if you want to, and you aren't going to hurt my bandwidth um, on Rough Trade. Now, you will on my other site, so have some fucking manners. The, somebody, um, somebody said the ability to do tabs is a paid feature. It's actually a it's sort of a paid feature in the sense that you have to have WordPress site and not a WordPress blog, um, which means you would go to WordPress.org, which is what Kira's talking about, a manager. So you have to have a domain and you have to have 
um, a WordPress a hosting package. Yeah, a hosting package. So it's it's it is it is free. It's a free plugin um, if you have um, a WordPress site and not a WordPress blog. If you have the free blog, it doesn't plugins don't work on the free blog. So um, yeah, it's it's not free in that sense. Yeah, you can't add it. That's one of the reasons why I moved from WordPress.com because I was really comfortable there and happy, and it wasn't very expensive, even when I paid for extra stuff like my domain and stuff. But I couldn't add shit I wanted to add, and I couldn't have a chat room, and I got really annoyed. <laughs> I am, um, I am um, got. I moved to my own site actually over tabs, <laughs> and then it was other plugins. But I got tired of not being able to do this. It was it was a control thing. It was like I wanted to do things that I couldn't do um, with the blog page, so I, you know, got my own domain. Now there are if you if you get emails from GoDaddy or another good site, I use Fat Cow's hosting. Um, my hosting package, um, I had they had a special when I did it. It's normally quite a bit more expensive than this, um, but when I signed up, it was uh, they had a special running for basically the same thing Kira has, which is managed WordPress site um, for three ninety five a month. And I paid for, uh, and I got a 20% discount because I paid for three years in advance. So um, my first three years, um, which is coming to an end, <laughs> my first three years of, of web hosting was $115. That's so, awesome. I know, right? But it that's coming to an end. I think it's gonna cost me like it's gonna cost me like fifteen or sixteen dollars a month now. It's not that it's not that bad, but it still is a little bit. It's 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 a big 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 price increase. <laughs> um let's see. Oh well you know, um GoDaddy's uh single site, um, with twenty five thousand visitors a month. I don't know I don't, I don't know what your stats are. Um, those are individual visitors, not page views. Is three ninety nine a month right now, and nice. um, it's it's seven ninety nine regularly for one site. Very nice. That's a really good deal. <clears throat> but anyways, um, this isn't really about hosting, but if you're interested in running your own site and you need help with that, feel free to reach out for me. I will be glad to give you some advice and micromanage your whole experience if you want me to because that's the kind of thing I enjoy. Just ask Lady Holder. <laughs> She's not here right now. I think she probably has a life tonight. I don't know. How dare she? What the hell? Know, right? What? Um, but, I don't want to help um, anybody who needs web help too, but... Yeah. But this is about the wild hair we got up our butts. Yeah. It is. Um, the wild hair project. Um, I we, we were thinking about it and, and, and what to do. And um, I realized um, that I need to stop bitching about there not being a pro-author website for offering multi-fandom works and do something about it. So we talked about it and we had some experimentations. Yes, we had an experimentation phase. <laughs> and then the Wild Hair Project was born. Um, and it's um, the the 
the link is in the description, but it's it's wildhairproject.com. Um, and that's like the bunny, not the not the hair we got up our butts. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of punny. It's a little pun, but also it's like you know you know like a a plot bunny as well. So it so it has multiple meanings. Um, so. But um, it's just um, we just wanted to offer a place um, where uh, it's it's very much like RT in the fact that commenting will be moderated, um, and um, it has a front end posting module for those of you who are afraid of or, or have very difficult experiences with um, with posting on WordPress, and I think it's really super easy to use and. Um, it's just going to be a place um, where you can where you can play and be safe, where you can post your work from RT or anywhere else. It's not restricted to RT um, participants, although RT pre- um, participants will get um, approved very quickly because I already know you and I, you already know how to use all the shit and I won't have to have any kind of teaching phase and so that will be good um, and it's just it's you know if you're comfortable on AO3 I, I am really happy for you that's awesome um, if you're on fiction.net if you have your own website it's great awesome but this is this is for people who who aren't comfortable in those places and who have a hard time um, operating in a traditional um, archive environment. And um, we're just offering you space to to do you without the um, toxic behavior that is so um, common in fandom. Or just in in humans in in general. I mean, just <sighs> and it it we don't want people to think of it as an archive because even though technically people will be archiving their stories there, it's really more it's a collective, a consortium of writers who want to hang out together and write and share their works in a way that is a little more insulated than you might get in other parts of the Internet. There is a private communication system for authors on the site that's not accessible to readers because on the site only authors will be members and readers will be able to comment um, through, um, they either log in with Facebook or Google or Twitter or just do a comment with their name and their email address. so it's uh it's just not a space where readers are going to have a lot of um ability to move around so to speak. They can read, they can comment, they can move on. Cuz it's not about them, it's about you, the author. <clears throat> so there is um I wanted to I wanted to participate with the people on the thing on 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 uh I'm not planning on giving my site up and moving over or having my I'm not planning on having my stuff double posted or anything. But what I kind of am going to do is I'm going to um 
kind of, not kind of, gonna actually going to do is I'm going to work on um, a series on the Wild Hair Project and only on the Wild Hair Project um, until it's done and then um, move it. So, or probably move it, maybe move it. I haven't decided what I'm going to do at the end of that. But, and I may do too, um, but it's sort of um, just to be able to participate with you guys and, and be there. Since I'll be on the site on a regular basis um, as an admin, uh, I wanted to participate with my peeps. So, <laughs> And I decided to do a work in progress, and if you've already been over there, you'll see that I've posted the first 16 chapters of Phoenix, um, one of my Harry Potter fics. Um, and it's only available on the Wild Hair Project, and it will stay there until I finish it. Then when I finish it, I'll move it to my new site, my my site, my site, not my new site, but my site. And then I will um, uh, put a new work in progress up on the Wild Hair Project. So it will kind of be my place to um, just to work with you guys that way and be a part of the community on the Wild Hair Project. So I'll be doing that. <laughs> There. My first episode is up. Kira's got Phoenix up. The first, I ha- what do you got? Like twenty something chapters up? Sixteen chapters. It's 16 chapters. um technically, uh, the word count is a hundred and ten thousand words. Nice. <laughs> Sarah's already reading over there. <laughs> so um you know, and I have the first episode of The Horseman up. Right, which is awesome. I fucking love it. Um. And I, you know, it's, I get a lot from fandom personally, and I know a lot of people wonder why I spend so much time in fandom, um, and my retreat from professional work into fandom, um, and it was a mental health choice, really, um, more than anything else, um, because it was just killing me, it was killing the writer in me, um, and so this is just a way for me to um, – why did it <laughs> – why Why did the chat room censor horsemen? Oh, my God. Oh, it, semen. It... Semen, Yeah. fucking hilarious <laughs> anyway this chat room I can't turn the adult filter off I, I wish I could because it's just ridiculous um, but anyway that's what um, <laughs> the wild hair project is about it's about providing a um, place for authors who don't post anywhere on fandom who are on rough trade with us that, that's where it started because there are about 20, not 19 or 20 authors who participate on Rough Trade whose regularly. work never, regularly, whose work never appears anywhere else. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to make them post on Wild Air. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is is that since I gave them a place to, to challenge themselves and to participate in um, these um, – these challenges that we do three times a year, that it made sense to me to provide them a place to put their work 
after Rough Trade ends because I can't host their project files indefinitely. Because you know what? If I did, Rough Trade would be a hot mess right now. You would not believe. It would be a hot mess. (laughs) I can't even imagine. Um it would be really, really, there would be like a thousand tags in it. It would be ridiculous. <clears throat> Anyways. Yeah, there's no, there's no deadlines on um, wild hair. Um, there's no expectations. Um, other than if you get approved as an author, you apply to be an author, you need to be prepared to post something. So you can't just apply to be an author and then never post anything because that just makes you a reader. A, a reader who got access to our internal workings and our communication system, which would piss me off. <laughs> and so um, anticipating that, I, you know, there will be – you will be required to post – if you're an author member, I mean that's just that's just that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense to yes. me. You don't have as to post a, Wild- a bunch. You could post one story. Um, projects on rough, tr- I mean, on a wild hair are post as long as the author wants them to be posted. Um, if the author doesn't want them on wild hair anymore, they remove them. That is their choice, and readers don't get to express an opinion about it on wild hair. There are two. Um, there are only two reasons I can think of where an admin would remove a project. You broke one of the unbreakable rules, which is uh, child exploitation, um, and uh, you wrote 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 um, any kind of sexualized sexualization of children in your story um, or plagiarism. Then um, that would be a violation now, of the rules, and we would pull it down. If you violate the rules on rape, child porn. Um, and the, the rule on rape is you have to warn for it. And if you don't warn appropriately, your account will be deleted because it's not. I don't want to host assholes who think that surprising an author with rape, uh, a, a reader with rape is okay. I so I'm not going to. How active do you have to be? Um, if you're not going to post at least one story. Maybe you only finished one story, and you, and you want to post it up here? That's great. Put it up. Awesome. Thank you. Do you That's have to post you another story? Have, all you have to do. No. No, you don't. If you only have one work you want to put up, that's fine. That's cool. If you want to post every day, that's fine, too. <laughs> um, so, mostly it's just about giving... Um, giving a home to stories that you've that you've created that don't have a home anywhere else. And also, if you know writers who have been hounded or harassed out of fandom, um, show them the project. And tell them that shit won't happen. Because it won't. Because I know how to ban an IP address, and I have banned the entire country of Germany from my site for about six months to get one person. I eventually lifted it. But I banned the whole country of Germany from my site to make sure one person could not read my shit. 
She takes her spite That's how seriously. serious. That, I, it was spiteful and mean, and I would still be doing it if one of my fans hadn't emailed me and begged me to let her back in. <laughs> and for a while, I just, I, I said, okay, I, I need your IP address. And so she looked up her IP address, and I put her IP address on the white list and still have the rest of the country banned. Can, I, can you ask me why I did it? Because this man in Germany um, threatened to cut off my head. Because I stopped posting um, Harry Potter. When I finished Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond and I'd put up Courting Hermione Granger... Um, in between that, um, when I said I was taking a break from Harry Potter, um, a man in Germany sent me a comment form telling me um, that if he knew where I lived, he would come cut my head off. Unbelievable. What? Now, what all the ask? IP addresses that I have for him and all the ones that I could find within 200 miles of his general location based on my IP search are still banned from my site. <laughs> but I did let the rest of the country back in. So going back up to some of the other questions, um, I, I'm not sure why I understand this question right. Um, can just I think the question is, can just readers be members? No. If you, you can read, you can come read and comment, but membership is, is for authors only because there's really nothing for readers to do if they were members. All of the under-the-hood stuff is author-oriented. And there will be a subscription button. I just don't have it up right now. Um, there will be um, the ability to, to subscribe to the whole site. I can't make it where it's just individual authors yet if that ability ever happens for me. Or I can pay for that super expensive plug-in that will do it that costs several hundred dollars a month. Um, if I could suddenly afford that, uh, yeah, right. Um, it um, It will happen. Otherwise... You can subscribe to the whole site or just visit every day and refresh all fucking day if you want to. On Wild Hair, but not on my personal site. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) The thing about internet stalking laws um, is that they they vary from state to state and um having somebody in another country threaten you um is is it's very difficult to prosecute and a lot of times cops will just like i just ignore them ma'am just ignore them i told you what i fucking tell you that we're going to stick an eye in there <laughs> I should just put a little eye by the P. You did. You predicted Wild people hair. were going to start calling it whip. It whip. <laughs> I told you it would happen. Um, 
So as an author and a member of WIP, and you get stuck where you have a community to help you out, um, do you mean like a private forum, or, or what do you mean? Because I don't have a forum currently, but if um, the members of Wild Hair wanted one that was just an author forum, I'd be more than happy to set one up. It's it's really easy to do, um, just like the one I have on Rough Trade. Um <clears throat> There is a um, internal communication system on 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 the Wild Hair Project where you where I'll be sending out announcements to author members, and also um, that you can chat back and forth with individuals on the site um, in a contained way. Um, that system is subject to moderation, so if someone abuses you in that system. Um, I'll be able to act on your behalf if you let me know what happens. I'm not going to go into your inbox and read all your shit, but if you have a problem, you can you can come to me and say, hey, this person is being an asshole to me in the communication system, um, and I can review the content that, that, that has been sent to you and make a decision about whether or not that asshole gets to stay on the project at all. There's also um, um, support forums where if you're having, depending on what you need, um, you pick the right link and fill out the information and send it, and um, an admin would get back to you through like the internal you communication need, system. Yeah, like if you need like a format problem on your on your, if we have a big style guide that Jilly created. Um, if you have a format issue on your story, or if um, you need a warning that isn't currently in our list, or if you need. Um, a genre that currently isn't listed or, you know, just, just whatever help you think you, you might need or, or, or if you need another pairing added or a fandom added. You just, there's a form for it to fill it out and then you move on and you wait to get a response back and you're done. Each author has their own dashboard with pending, published, and draft posts so you can keep your drafts um, while you're working. I mean, so I'm, you know, it's, and I think it'll be really fun and cool. We did quite a bit of testing on it. Um, Lady Holder and Azure came on and and posted stuff and tested things out. We tried to beat on it and try to find the problems. But there will be problems. There will be problems we have not run into yet. Um, so we are kind of the beta phase. We're looking for a mix of people to um, be in the beta group. So... Um, you're interested and you go out there and apply to be an author there's a few questions that help us get a mix and not get a bunch of people who have the same experiences because um, we don't want people to all the all people who are novices or all people who are super experienced to go through the beta phase so um uh, so but even but if you don't get approved for the beta you will get approved okay. eventually as long as you um <laughs> She got that eye in there. <laughs> the Wild Hair Intercommunication Project. You're so cute. <laughs> um, but I knew that eye was coming. I even pointed out that eventually that it would get nicknamed Whip, and that's that. That's what it would become. Um, you know, because how I don't even know how Ao3 got its nickname. Uh, because it's um, archive of our own three zeros, three O's, O cubed. Probably AO, AO cubed, but yeah, it's three three O's, archive of our own, AO3. Oh. Uh, 
now I feel less smart that I didn't get that. <laughs> but yeah, I did. You know, I fully expected it to be. I mean, it once it hit my head, I knew it would hit everybody's head. And yeah, so I I'm not opposed to it being called Whip as a nickname. Just to get that out there, I'm not really opposed. It just the moment I saw it, I was like, oh shit, they're gonna call my site Whip. <laughs> <laughs> It's a website. I'm on. I'm posting on Whip now. Now I want to. I'm. Uh, this is maybe. If you're one of the things that um, I don't think. I don't think we actually say this on the site, but maybe we do. I don't know. Um, is if you're just wanting wild hair for additional exposure, this is not the right site for you. And it's not going to be the right site for everybody. And it's not a judgment thing. It's just if you're super comfortable on a big multi fandom archive, and you just want more exposure for your stories. Um, or and you have like two or three hundred stories on a on a on a multi fandom archive, it wild hair is really not geared towards your needs. Um, now you could want to do something experimental um, that you aren't comfortable posting on a multi fandom archive, and this could be a good place for you to do that one thing. Um, and if the, and if you're in that situation and that is your your scenario is that you're happy where you are, but you'd like a spot to do some experimental writing or try new things that you aren't posting in other places, um, then note that in your author application so we understand. Because it would be a little befuddling if somebody who's got 300 works that are both that are posted on fanfiction.net and double posted to AO3 and they have their own WordPress to apply to the Wild Hair Project. We would find that probably find that a little bit odd. What I will say is there is only one sort of author in fandom who is absolutely not welcome on the Wild Hair Project. And I don't care what you think of me after I say this. If you write Chan or any variation of an adult fucking a child, I don't want you near my shit I don't care if you don't intend to post it on Wild Hair. I don't want you around me because I think you're a sick fuck. (laughs) That's really all I got to say about that. (laughs) So, no. I could... I could not be more serious. And, I I mean, I I literally really don't care if you have no intention of posting that on Wild Hair. If you've posted it anywhere at all on the Internet, I don't want to be associated with you. The number one reason why I do not post my own work to AO3 is that they allow pedophilia. Now, my Russian translator posts his work I assume he's a he. I don't actually know. That was kind of sexist. Um, uh, Post his, her work on AO3 so that, because I do have an account there as a reader, um, he can put my name on it and I can, you know, kind of monitor what's going on. Because that's still my shit, even if it's his translation. And that's the only thing that I have on AO3, and it is the only thing I will ever have on AO3 as long as they continue to allow the publication of pedophilia.
Um, the other, oh, we did decide, we, this just came up last night, um, we did decide that if you um, um, get paid for writing fan fiction, that, no. You're not welcome. No. I'm, I mean, if you're doing that thing through AO3 with the stuff that has been licensed for fandom, that's a whole different deal. Not AO3, um, Amazon. Um, if you're doing that, that's a whole different deal. But if you are, like, getting people to pay you to write fan fiction, like you have a like Patreon. Patreon account or whatever, um, no, because we're, we're really well, adamant about... you're selling about, fanzines for $25 a pop, I don't want you associated with my shit. Because when you get sued, I don't want to be a part of the class action lawsuit that takes place. <laughs> I don't want to be in it. So if you haven't clued into the fact that fan fiction has to remain free in order to qualify under the fair use guidelines, then you don't belong on this site because I don't. No one wants to deal with um, um, that. Because there is a very um, popular fanzine publisher out there that specifically states that you shouldn't publish links to their buy pages anywhere public where someone in the industry might see it. I'm going to give you a word of advice. Do not participate as an author in those fanzines. And as a reader, do not buy them. You don't want to be a part of their financial records. And you sure as hell don't want to give your content to them to sell. Because one day, they're going to pay for it. And you don't want to be involved in that. That's just a friendly piece of advice. Right. If it needs to be hidden, it's automatically suspect. Absolutely, Claire. It is absolutely we need to stop talking about it before I get angry emails. <laughs> Not that I'm afraid of an angry email, obviously. <laughs> Which also <laughs> means if you if you have because I I know that I know that authors who put their works in zines usually aren't compensated for that. The people who are publishing these things are the ones making the money on it. Um, so if your work is in a zine, it's not welcome. That story, whatever you put in the zine, is not welcome on the Wild Hair Project because. Because we don't want to be associated with that zine in any fashion. In any fashion, and also, a lot of times those fan zines will come back on you if you post that work anywhere else. Because you're you're cutting into their bottom line. And they can say what they want to about it not being a business and it not being for profit, but fuck that. Some of these zines are forty-seven bucks, and the e the e versions. Um, are eight to ten dollars. There is no way an e version of anything related to fandom that's selling for eight to ten dollars is not profitable. Yeah, because they're not paying for cover art. They're not paying for an editor of any sort. And honestly, when a print book can go at cost at cost for under ten dollars there is no fucking way a $47 fanzine isn't making money. That's for profit. Don't get involved in that shit. 
So the stuff that's not allowed is really all around legality. No child porn and nothing that is gonna that, that where you're violating the rules about getting paid for fan fiction. Whether it's you or somebody else using your content who's getting paid for it. No, no, no. Because again, I don't want to be part of somebody's class action lawsuit. Nor do I want to have to be called to testify in a trial proceeding where your work ends up in the hands of some pedophile and it gets part of an evidence package and, oh, well, I downloaded it from the Wild Hair Project and then suddenly I got the fucking FBI wanting to know why I'm hosting child porn. Now, AO3 might be able to weather that storm, but I personally cannot. So even if I didn't find it morally repugnant, and I do, obviously, you might have noticed, it might have come up previously, um... <laughs> You're absolutely right, Don. There is no reason in the digital age for a van for a fanzine to cost anything. Um, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, in the in the chat room, if you if are you getting paid if the person you're writing for is paying you in fan art? No, no, you're not getting paid. You're um. You're getting inspirational art fiction <laughs> in exchange for fan fiction, which isn't the same. <laughs> We're talking about real money, you know, in, involved. And I did have someone accuse me of making money off fandom because I have a donation button. And I don't make money off fandom. Unless you count my professional offering that I, where I did make a little bit of money on you guys buying my ebook, But that's different. Because it was original fiction. Um, every single penny I get in donations at Rough Trade and my own site goes back into the sites. In fact, those dona- those donations help pay for the Wild Hair Project. So you give me money, I get to do new things with it. You get the Wild Hair Project. That's how our ta- that's how RT became what it is from uh, originally being Naked Nano on. Um, WordPress, where we had very limited options, I couldn't have a whole bunch of members um, to, to participate, to being able to have a very robust challenge platform that we run three times a year. Um, all of that is funded on donations. Uh, so, you know, I don't make money off donations. Every penny I get goes back into the sites. It's just like, <laughs> like AO3 is a is a nonprofit. The the on, nonprofit that runs them is the Organization for Transformative Works, and all and they collect hundreds of thousands of dollars, and all of that money is funneled into operational expenses. It is not anybody profiting on the production of fan fiction. So it's it's um, buying plugins. It's because um, the, the the publishing model that I'm currently using costs money, and it will cost money for me quarterly to renew my license so I can get updates on the software and get support when I need it. Um, I have several plugins like that that I use for the forum, for um, uh, the communication system where, and oftentimes when I have a plugin that's really super useful for the site that does something great for you guys, I donate to the project creator. Like the guy who does the forum, he's actually done things just for us in his plugin for 
for rough trade. Like I would ask for this, this, and this, and his next update would be all of my requests, every single one of them. So he's actually updated his plugin that he offers to all WordPress users just for me. So when a plugin author does something like that for me, um, I donate money to that plugin guy, you know, because he's working his ass off for me. So I send twenty bucks his way because hello, thank you for doing that awesome work for me, dude. I really appreciate it, you know. So that kind of, that's where your donations go, to stuff like that. To and plug just like in, your donations to, to AO3 go to paying package. for the developers who code right. all that crap that they do over there. And when I was creating the Wild Hair project, I did buy a plug-in for Wild Hair and for RT. It's the same plug-in for the front-end module. Um, the, the developer, outside of um, updating several features that I asked for in his next update, also personally helped me code for the header information um, in the post. He wrote a special code for me just to use on RT. Um, so I sent a, a, so I sent money his way, and I'm gonna renew um, my support package because he's super. I mean, he went into Rough Trade personally. He went in. He I I, I gave him a temporary admin. He went in. Um, he looked at all the stuff, and uh, he and he wrote me a code. So when you got people like that doing things for you, of course you donate to them to help. Um, to just say thank you, you know, for working your ass off for me. Um, and, and that's where all that money goes. I currently have $3 unspent in the, in the donation account. I mean, seriously. So, you guys, it's, it's not sitting there collecting interest. Cause obviously, PayPal doesn't do that. Um, I'm sure they do it on their end, but I'm not getting any of it. Um, and it doesn't end up in my pocket. Except for that one time I did have somebody send me money to tell me specifically that it was for me to, to go get my feet done. And I did, I even sent her a picture so, so that she would know that I got a pedicure with the money she sent me to get a pedicure with. It was, it was, it was pretty cute. Cause I, I was on a podcast and I was complaining about my feet and she sent me money to get a pedicure. So I did. I, I, I went and got a pedicure. But that's, you know, that was specific to me, not to the site. It was a personal gift, yes. Um, but, yeah, so I don't make money off um, – um, do I get anything out of fandom though? Absolutely. They're, they're, you guys are awesome. I, I, I love being part of fandom. I love it, uh, even with all the crap that comes with it. So it's more of a personal validation than a financial one. I did have somebody send me an Amazon gift card once, but that's a whole different story, and he's not even in the chat room, so I can't even talk about him. Well, I could, but I won't. I broke my magic wand, and <laughs> Original Tempest sent me an Amazon <laughs> gift card to replace it. <laughs> that's a friend. <laughs> that's a friend. The, yeah, the Lilo. I, I I ended up buying a, a Lilo instead of a, a a new magic wand because uh, TMI the magic wand was causing um, some, some some desensitivity issues. Um, and I highly recommend the magic wand if you don't ever want to masturbate with your fingers again, or if you're <laughs> always wearing ski pants. <laughs> 
because it can cause desensitivity if you use it more than you should. But the Leela was awesome. So yeah. <laughs> Original Tempest did 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 send me an Amazon gift card to replace my um my magic wand and and that's what I bought. That's a that's a good friend there. <laughs> oh, your sex toy bought broke? Here, have some money. <laughs> And that's why he's my brother from another mother. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> like, I, I could get weird. Um, but anyway, so... Um, a little bit, I, yeah. Your your brother from another mother buys you sex toys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little weird. Tell, tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't buy it. He gave me the money, and I used it for that. Um, best Amazon gift card purchase ever. Uh he works a lot. I, he works a lot. He's still around, but but he works a lot. So, I um I I tried I I tried got the Lilo on your recommendation, um mm-hmm. and um isn't it charming? Yeah, they had one they had one color that was like twenty dollars cheaper than the others. I guess people don't like the color. Um, it's sort of like this Pepto Bismol pink, and oh. uh, I don't like I don't like the color personally. But then again, I'm not looking at it. So. <laughs> I got purple. I would have liked. I would have preferred purple, but the pink was was on the cheap. So I was like, I'm right. going with, I'm going with the, go, I'm going with Pepto Bismol. Um, I got the purple. It's just a charming little friend. Sometimes your best friend. <laughs> yeah. It's like this is the only friend I can count on. I hope the power <laughs> doesn't go out. <laughs> Well, you know, it charges up. I mean, it's um, that's one thing I like about it. It doesn't actually use batteries, but um, you can use it whether it's plugged in or not because it it charges. But you can also use it while it's plugged in. So if you forget to charge it, <laughs> which I do, <laughs> you can still use it because a lot of times with chargeables, um, you can't use it while it's charged in, while while, while it's plugged in. But the Lilu is really awesome for that. Highly recommend it. Get one. And the magic wand is still nice for days when you're fully dressed and you don't want to take the time to strip. You know. <laughs> it happens. The magic wand is just, it's, um, I, I often joked about it because I said <laughs> that it probably needs a kickstand, but I'm not actually joking. It probably needs a kickstand. <laughs> Well, it has two settings. It has, um, it has. Oh wow! And power sander. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, jackhammer. <laughs> my, my sister says it has two settings. Wow! And holy fucking Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. No, it doesn't work with your iPod, um, so you can't plug it in to get that whole rhythm thing. But the Lilu does have a pulse setting, which is really interesting. It has several different little. Some of the some of them are a little bit. Um, I, I I was going through the routine, the the per, all the different options one day. I was like, that was a little weird. That was nice. And also sometimes a little frustrating. Yeah, there there are a couple that are a little bit like, oh come on. Like I really don't want to have tantric sex with my vibrator. <laughs> 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 it's like, 
what is going on? It's like, no. Cause it, I felt like having the conversation with my vibrator that I sometimes have to have with a guy. It's like, we are never going to get there if you don't start doing one thing consistently for at least five minutes. <laughs> I am the consistency police in many areas. <laughs> Do it the same. Quit it. <laughs> We're totally off topic, but that's okay. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. But um, I don't want you to feel compelled to join the Wild Hair Project. And I also don't want you to feel like you can't join us so it's about um fits you best and if you're comfortable like you know julie was saying earlier you have your own site you're on ao3 you're on fanfiction.net and you're comfortable that's fine i'm not it isn't going to hurt my feelings you know because it isn't about that it's about um those who aren't comfortable But if you are comfortable and you just want to play, you know, maybe with one or two projects in a different site, um, you're welcome to come over. I mean, I mean, if you if you have a bunch of works you want to post on Wild Hair, that's fine. Just, you know, don't deluge us in beta, please. <laughs> don't bring over a hundred works <laughs> during the beta time. Not that it wouldn't probably be a good test, but. We don't want to get up in the morning and go, what the fuck happened to the site? <laughs> yeah, if you are if you're a first time um poster, I think it, you know, this could be a really good place for you. Um it, you know, you don't have to ha- you don't have to have finished your first story, but you need to have something close to ready to post because um, you don't want to apply and get approved to be an author, and then you know we come back to you in a couple weeks and go, okay, you're not an, you're not acting like an author. What's going on? So. But I really don't want you to. Um... I don't want to see somebody sign up just to get access to our communication system to harass authors. That will get you banned so fucking fast. <laughs> you won't even know what hit you before it happens. Um, I have the Lilo Mona Wave. Although it didn't cost that much when I bought it. I think I have an older version of it. I don't think I'm not even seeing the one that I bought on Amazon. And it's L E L O. I have the GG, the GG2. Phoenix says that, um, um, that they're excited about it because RT can be kind of daunting. I think. Um, that one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people uh, when, it, when it comes to rough trade um, is the structure of the challenge environment. And I know it's not meant for everybody, um, and that's perfectly okay, you know? I mean, um, 
it's perfectly okay for you to say and acknowledge, um, and it doesn't hurt my feelings for you to say that um, RT isn't for you. Um, because it is, um, and it can't, and I said this before previously, maybe in the podcast before this one, or maybe the one before that, that, um, I structure RT to be, um, the challenges to be, um, easy for me, (laughs) which I know sounds arrogant, but if I structured a challenge that I found intellectually intimidating, I would never unleash that on other authors. Does that make sense? I understand what you're saying. Except for that one time I did that um, single POV challenge. <laughs> I don't know what the you fuck just, I you was You just didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't realize what it was going to be. I think that um, because of the challenge structure for April, um, that a lot of people feel left out. Um, because they don't have a, a project that qualifies for this um, for the mulligan. So if you're not participating in the mulligan um, because you don't have a, a project that qualifies, um, you're more than you're you're more than you can join the wild hair project and post there um, during the month of April on a project that you want to to work on um, um, to kind of have your own thing. You know, so it's not about um, um, one or the other. Although yeah, if you are it, participating in Mulligan, um, I wouldn't recommend you get knee deep in a project over on Wild Hair too, because that could be stressful. Yeah, if you want to um, apply to be an author and you're participating in the Mulligan, um, if you if you have a story you want to post, then you could apply and post it, and then you you know, um, but. You could also easily wait until after rough trade, so it's just a matter of what you're comfortable with. But I was going to wait until after rough trade to even announce wild hair, and then there were several people who were really upset um, they didn't get to participate in um, rough trade for April because of the way the challenge is structured. So I thought if I opened up wild hair, they might be comfortable creating their own little space on the wild hair to to do their thing. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me. It gives you it gives you an environment, a safe environment like Rough Trade to work without some of the pressures of Rough Trade. So you can um um yeah, so you could you could work you could work on an old you could work on an old rough trade project um that didn't wasn't eligible for um the mulligan. Like you, if you wanted to work on your November project from rough trade, which wouldn't have been eligible because the cutoff was last summer, um you could pick up um and put that on wild hair and work on it in April. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So November projects were not eligible, so some people who tend to finish their works um, or who who didn't have enough content left to write on a story to be eligible for the mulligan, you could pick up one of those works and put it on Wild Hair and work on it during April if you wanted to kind of tangentially participate in um, what is, I, I think, what is Nano called? Camp Nano? Is April called Camp Nano? Yeah. yeah. 
Camp Nano. So he wanted to participate in Camp Nano in terms of with the with the community. Um, pick your thing, apply to be an author, um, and then get over there and start posting. And again, you're not subject to any kind of deadlines or um, and. No, no. Um, There are, there, are, there are some there are style there are some posting guidelines. You just need to read the style guide. Once you're approved, the first thing you should do is go through and read all the author resources so that you understand what's expected for your post. Um, but and those of you who are on RT will probably have an easier time, but um, it's all relative. Yeah. So someone said they had a question and, about I think about the mulligan. Yes, someone did. But I want to say that Azure, who's never participated in Rough Trade, she's been posting on the wild hair um, during the testing phase, and she didn't have any problems. <laughs> so don't be intimidated by by it. Um, we try to make it as easy as possible. So even if you have no experience with um, WordPress, like Azure doesn't have a great deal of experience with WordPress because she doesn't participate in RT. Um, do you have your own website? Oh, oh. Does she? She does, doesn't she? Azure? She's a, <laughs> yeah. She has the Doom so, Dick Tumblr. <laughs> I thought she had a WordPress over on WordPress.com. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I think she has a Word. Yeah, I think she. I think she has a WordPress account, but I don't know if there's any content on her. <laughs> now, the, now I gotta go the, look. The group Luddite. Mm, now you have to go look. Um, she says, but she hasn't touched it in years. So, but anyway. Um, uh, she is, I, I wouldn't call her a Luddite, even though she calls herself one, but she is the least tech-savvy of the bitch squad. Um, and she went over to Wild Hair and posted with absolutely no problems. So I think that um, um, you guys will be, um, it, will, it will be, you'll, you'll, you'll get comfortable quickly. Um, and there's going to be, there's going to be a learning curve because it's different from what you've, it's not the same. Actually, it's weird. I say it's not the same as posting on Rough Trade, but it is now the same as posting on Rough Trade. But you bitches don't know that. Um, <laughs> so it is and it isn't. Um, it we we what we we worked out the kinks and wild hair, and then used the same posting interface for Rough Trade starting in April. So it is the same as Rough Trade, but it's not the same as what anybody has done before on Rough Trade. We think it's simpler, um, but there is going to be a learning curve because until you um, get used to filling out all the fields to post the story, because um, what what we did front-end publishing, which means instead of getting a template and filling in piece, filling it in in the content of the story, you fill in a bunch of fields on a web page, and it generates the header of your story for you. So um, it at first, you know, you're, people are probably going to struggle with that a little bit and feel like it takes more time, but eventually um, it should be take less time to post. But just be patient. Sign up. Try it out. Question. I lost all my files on the story I could use in the mulligan. Can I still do it if I have to start mostly from scratch? Um, hmm. 
I don't. <laughs> I, I didn't anticipate that question. <laughs> Well, how about this? How about we say, at a minimum, you can put it on wild hair and work on it there and let Kira ponder that further. Um, so on one side of it, the thing is, is I have absolutely no idea what anybody's content looks like. Um, so I don't know what you got going on. I don't, but the other side of it is, is that I've already told one person that they could not participate in the mulligan if all they had was their project file posted on Rough Trade before. Um, that isn't your situation because you actually had content on the site. Um, you just lost it. So, if I were you, I would, right now, today, start reproducing the content you lost. Get to the point where you think you were, stop. Well, how much, how much content are we talking about? Like, well, yeah. How much content did if you, you If you wrote 50 or 60K, I, you know, yeah, that, I wouldn't suggest that's that. That's different than if you have to <laughs> try to reproduce 10K. Because shortly after your project file is approved, um, you're going to want to post your... Uh, pre-challenge content to get it up on the site. Then, when the con- when the when the challenge starts, you'll be able to start writing your new content. <clears throat> but there's no word minimum on what your pre-content, what your pre-challenge content is, because I really don't know what anybody else is bringing to the table. Ouch! Cloud storage, baby, cloud storage. Yeah, for real. I I highly recommend cloud storage. I use Google and Inbox and OneBox. I don't recommend OneDrive. It was OneDrive. I do not recommend OneDrive. It's it's weird in the syncing department. Very Um, weird in the syncing department. I I would say as long as you've reproduced it, I mean, Carrie, I don't know. If they've got at least two or 3,000 words of their original stuff that they can kind of manufacture before. The thing is you can't start, you can't have your first post, your first new content post be the start of the story. Um, you have to have some old content. Right. Even if, it's, even if it's recreated old content. So I guess recreate your first three chapters or two chapters and have them ready with your project file. And then on April 1st, start with new content? Yeah. Or if that feels overwhelming and you want to start working on the same story, you can do it on Wild Hair. Right. But the sign-up deadline is coming up. You guys have got four more days to sign up for the mulligan. I like Dropbox. I prefer Google Drive. It, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I find Dropbox to be kind of awesome clunky. Apps. Both have awesome apps, and I use the apps on the computer and on my phone. Um, uh, I find Google um, a little easier to use. Mm-hmm. 
It's also easier to share files with Google. But that could be because I often share files with other Google users. I have not used Dropbox Paper. What is that? Oh, it's project organization? Huh. I don't know how I feel about it. Hmm. That messes with my control issue. The only time because I would allow... something, I don't want anybody in my shit. <laughs> the only time I would allow multiple users in a file at a time is if they were editing in tandem. Um... I don't know. For for from a, from a writing perspective, I would never do something with multiple users because um, it's sort of like that. Uh, it, you know, it's a little bit too much like Wattpad. And I know some people who had some bad experiences with TitanPad and Wattpad and stuff like that, with people just getting in and writing on their stories rather than leaving a comment, which is what they were there to do. Is comment so, and it's, instead of I'm making started the no baby face writing and. and uh, mm, <laughs> And the thing is, it's like, you know, and even if somebody isn't doing it to just offend the fuck out of you, they can wind up offending the fuck out of you. Um, because it's just, <laughs> that would just be so intrusive. It'd be like, what the hell are you doing? <sighs> Sorry. I need to take something from my head because I'm starting to get a little headache. Um, but basically, uh, the Wild Hair Project is is like I, like we've already said it, it's a collective. It's not an archive. Um, I don't know why I'm so opposed to the word archive. I'm just I just am <laughs> maybe because it has so many negative attachments because of the way fandom is structured. Um, um, and I don't want um, you to feel warehoused <laughs> <laughs> like you're sitting on a shelf at Costco waiting for some asshole to pick you up. But I love Costco. I'm not saying I don't. Um, <coughs> I'm just saying. But I don't it's lonely to be there. the last jar of capers at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> they have huge jars of capers. There's no I lie. Go, Who needs that many capers? I don't like them that much. <laughs> I do enjoy capers, though. I could put them in my seafood cakes. So yummy. I also like to put it on my chicken scallopini. Is that how you say that? Scallopini? Uh-huh. Mm, I love it. And, I especially um, love buying really thick chicken breasts and banging them. <laughs> it's very therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, chicken. I mean, if I saw, when I, when I saw the giant... Um, because uh, when I think of when I think of capers, I think of chicken piccata. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. And when I saw a, the giant jar of capers, it was it, I think it's like a gallon. 
<laughs> Costco. <laughs> I went, wow, that's a lot of chicken piccata. <laughs> <laughs> I like to put capers in my fondant potatoes, too. I like to do weirdo. Um, I know. Um, I have to do thyme and butter, um, and capers. I do. I regret nothing. No regrets. Cause, cause then, when you take it out, you can put that butter that that. So you put a little white wine in it. You take that butter sauce that you've made um, that the potatoes have, have simmered in, and it has that capers in it. And then you can put it whatever. If you do some really nice pork chops in your convection oven, which I recently got, you can put that butter sauce over your um, pork chops. And it has those, that thyme and those capers in it, and you got the potatoes on the side. I'm just saying you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> Cool. I'm glaring at my phone because I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> and while I've got a chocolate bar great. right in front of me, it's not the same. <laughs> I had never even heard of fondant potatoes until I saw them on Facebook. Not Facebook, Twi- uh, YouTube. And I was like, I have to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to make that. Cause I, don't know who, I don't even know where I could buy that. So I made it, and they were amazing. First of all, I, did, I, I, I just did um, the chicken broth. And um, so I thought, you know what? There wouldn't be anything wrong with adding a little bit of white wine to this. <laughs> Nothing wrong bit. with it at all. <laughs> so I added a little bit of white wine. And... Um, brined capers. I use the brined capers, but I um I drain them and rinse them. Um and then I put them in with the butter um in the frying pan before it goes in the oven. And I do the time and so I spoon and get the potatoes all, you know, saturated and then I put it in the oven to finish. And then when it comes out, I reduce the sauce that's left and use it to put on um whatever whatever meat I'm serving. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at those potatoes now. <laughs> it's really good. They look ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous in a good way. Like I want them <laughs> right now. I got stuff. I I got. I'm, I'm like, this is like food porn. I can't deal. Now here's the thing about me and white wine. I think to myself when when a recipe says to use chicken broth, I thought I think. Well, if you're using chicken broth, I can use white wine <laughs> as well. <laughs> and if you say beef broth, I'm thinking I could put some red wine in that. <laughs> yeah, have you seen that commercial where the guy where they're showing all the things you can use Google for? And um um Oh, what was the thing? And uh he asked Google, Google, what's a substitute for butter? And Google comes back with an answer, and then he has to ask for the substitute for one of the things in the substitute. I think one of the substitutes is applesauce. And he says, Google, what's a substitute for applesauce? You're like you're like that, except you're like, oh, I'll just substitute with white wine. What's a substitute? White wine. What's a substitute for that? white wine? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, is if I can put chicken broth in it, um, say it calls for two cups of chicken broth, I can do a cup and a half of chicken broth and a half a cup of white wine. There you go. Now, Claire says there's an issue with a little white wine. You're left with the rest of the white wine, which is now open. That's not an issue. 
That's an opportunity. <laughs> That's right. What? <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's the thing about. I actually I buy those smaller um, white wine the, the wines that have like two glasses of wine in them. The the small bottles. Uh huh. So it's not like. So, so say I use a half a cup, then. Okay. The rest is for dinner. That's right. <laughs> Barbara, who has leftover white wine? <laughs> but okay, if you're if you're allergic to alcohol, so you have to cook the wine to make sure the the wine is the the alcohol is completely burned off. I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't cook with wine if I um had an allergy to alcohol. No. <laughs> so the um the little tiny bottles well, the three hundred and seventy five milliliters is a called a demi bottle. Um, yeah. I buy those. The little teeny tiny ones are called the Piccolos, but those are typically champagne. Right. But no, I buy the small bottles that have like two or three glasses of wine in them. Yeah. The half of the, yeah, the half. Because I do believe that you shouldn't cook with anything you won't drink. So I don't buy cooking wines or cooking sherry. Um, If I wouldn't drink it, I'm not putting it in my food. So if you can get it $5 for a gallon, no. Say No. No. Say, if you're going to cook with it, but you don't want to buy a really expensive bottle of wine, go for the 14 to $20 a bottle area for cooking. Um, it's drinkable. It's not going to be the best thing you ever put in your mouth, but you can drink it. But don't drink, don't, don't cook with anything you wouldn't drink with. Or you might find yourself going, what is that odd taste? What is that terrible thing I've got in my mouth? <laughs> but I do tend to um, range, um, like for those little demi bottles, fourteen to twenty bucks for a, a demi bottle of of white wine. Um, that's it's not the best thing. It's not the best glass of wine I've ever had in my life. But it's drinkable, and you can cook with it. Um, but you don't want to buy something you wouldn't drink. If you can't keep it in your mouth to drink it. Why the hell would you put it in your food? <laughs> right, because some of that taste is coming through, even if you burn off all that alcohol. Yeah, well, Barbara says she has some great wines that are around $8. You're very close to California, right? Um, I'm not. <laughs> so there are no local whites in my area. There are no local white wines. There are no local wineries in my area. So... um I don't have that option, so, but, um, yeah. yeah I mean, and if I you live, don't know what kind of wine to buy, don't, you can buy a decent bottle of wine in Costco or yeah. the grocery store. You can. You can buy a decent bottle of wine. But if you don't know what you're looking for, take your butt to an actual liquor store and ask for an education. Because that's how I did it. No one ever taught me about wine, what to buy, what not to buy, what was good, and what it should taste like. Um, 
So when I started cooking with alcohol, I went to um, a state store, uh, which is what we call liquor stores in, our, in my area. I don't know what you guys call them, um, but it's it's a it's a state run liquor store. Um, is that even a thing outside of the South? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, all of Canada, that's the way it is. All of the all the alcohol is. Um, I went to a state store, and um, I went up to the counter, and I said, do you know a lot about liquor and alcohol and wine? And the kid behind the counter said, no. I said, is there anybody here who does? And he said, the manager. And I said, because I kind of have the manager. I said, I'm not complaining. I just need help. (laughs) So the manager (laughs) comes out and said, I said, I don't know anything about wine or liquor, and um, I have all these recipes I want to cook, but I don't know what to buy, and do I buy sweet? Do I buy, I mean, what makes a wine sweet? And he's like, I said, what makes a wine dessert? <laughs> I need help. And he helped me. He, he he laid it all out. And I even got to sample some stuff. So nice. he was really super helpful. Yeah, I mean, he was really helpful. Um, and so whenever I have a new recipe, I'll pick my recipe and I'll go to that store. And um, he's been manager there for like 15 years. And I'll be like, look what I found. <laughs> what do we use? <laughs> And he'll make a copy of the recipe. And sometimes we'll experiment with different types of um, liquors. And then um, I'll pick the one that I like. So, um. But you don't want to cook with a really sweet wine as a rule. Well, unless you're cooking like a dessert. Um, and you don't want a wine that's... Um, One of the reasons why they tell you to to use white wines with um, chicken, um, specifically, um, is because of the undertones of the wine won't overwhelm the chicken. And the same thing goes for, um, see, beef is very robust in its flavor profile, so you can use um, a burgundy, um, you can use a bourbon, um, uh even something as strong as, say, a crown, if you wanted to, in, in beef. Um, but when it comes to chicken, chicken's such so tender, and the, the flavor profile is so easy to change. If you do anything seriously strong and you use too much of it, you're going to ruin your food. Because even if you burn the alcohol off, the flavor's still going to be there. It's still there. <laughs> she tried cooking chicken with red wine and ended up with purple chicken. Yes, yes. So when you're cooking with chicken and pork, you need to go with light liquors. White wine, um, if you're going to do a vodka sauce, um, and something like that. Don't cook with sparkling wines. Just don't. Just, no, don't. That's just bad juju. And also be very careful if you have a gas stove and you're cooking with with any kind of liquor because you can set the fumes on fire. On purpose or not. <laughs> <laughs> so be very careful if you have a gas stove about cooking with wine because when you start burning the alcohol off, it becomes fumes and those fumes can catch fire. Barbara Again, completely off topic, but um, but she doesn't. She doesn't learned. drink. She doesn't drink uh, <laughs> Chardonnay because it's too oaky. And I was, I, I have, I, I actually, I'm, I'm smack between two big wine areas in California. I've got Napa and Sonoma to the north, and Monterey wines to the south. 
And I actually personally prefer Monterey County wines um, to Napa or Sonoma County wines. Um, just a taste preference. But anyway, we used to go wine tasting all the time. So we're at a vineyard in uh, in uh, Napa, and uh, we're wine tasting, and they give us a Chardonnay, and this makes Barbara made me think of it. And she said, this one's a little woody. This was her description. And I take a drink, and I, I spit it out very quickly. I mean, it was it was a it was a dive for the spit bucket and spit that out. I was like, uh, my wife at my mouth going, oh my God, it's like licking a tree. And she was not <laughs> was fucking kidding. Woody. <laughs> <laughs> a little woody. This was a little woody. I'm like, what? <laughs> I um, wouldn't cook anything with, with wild turkey. <laughs> Just personally, I um, I go out of my way to avoid cooking with that. That's a whiskey, right? I don't cook with whiskey. I hate the way it smells. Yeah, wild turkey. Now there is a there. There'd be something a little bit amusing about say cooking a wild turkey in wild turkey, but um, outside of the humor factor, you're not going to get much out of it. Um, Tequila, tequila is used oddly in in um, quite a few. There's a few t- um, Italian um, pasta sauces that have tequila in them, which is a little. That's got to be an American invention, um, right? Yeah. Yes, I need an unwooded Chardonnay. Um, I tend to not um, use Chardonnay much in cooking because, as Barbara said, it can have. You just you have, that's one of the white. To me, you have to be very careful about which one you pick up because it can have a very strong um, oaky taste to it, woody taste to it that will just stick around. And I, That's the same problem I have with tequila. Um, I hate the way tequila smells. Um, and that smell will linger in your food. I don't dig it. Yeah, I like tequila. I don't particularly like. I just like drinking it. I don't particularly like, you know. Yeah, I definitely recommend that if you don't, um, if you if if you have a recipe that calls for um, a, a liquor, but you don't want to drink, um, or, you, or you don't want to use a liquor, definitely use a vinegar. Um, I tend to use apple cider if I'm replacing um, a red, and I tend to use. Um, there's a I forget the it's a white vinegar but it's um for uh for white wines. So sometimes rice vinegar but not always. Sometimes just a little bit of regular vinegar will will give you the acidity you need, which is basically what you're getting out of the alcohol um you're you're getting an acid um that can help tenderize your meat and and it kind of um It'll break down um, fat better, and it helps you create um, a sauce. A lot of times, meat sauces are but mostly um, dissolve fat, just <laughs> to make you not want to eat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sherry vinegar would work. But don't buy cooking sherry again. Like I said, if if, if you wouldn't drink it. Don't cook with it. No. So I, I I learned that the hard way. Um, I bought something cheap to cook with. 
uh, and I would not have drank that out of the bottle or in a glass or um, any other way. <laughs> so I don't know why I put it in my food. <laughs> it just wasn't a good idea because even after I burned all of the um, liquor off or it evaporated off, um, that it still tasted super terrible. Now, I'm, no, not white distilled vinegar. White wine, yeah, white wine vinegar. It's it's not, um, it's, there's a big difference between distilled vinegar and the vinegar you, you cook with. Um, but I do like rice vinegar. Um, and I do like, uh, what's it, um, that one we mentioned earlier, the the apple cider. But I also have, um, I have some rice wine I like too. Actually, my favorite vinegar that I have is a white balsamic. Um, mm, I love balsamic. Oh, I love balsamic. <clears throat> that was totally the wrong link. You guys ignore that link because I, fuck you, Google. There you go. <laughs> Someone mentioned up in the chat earlier that they that they can't do to drink tequila because they're allergic to all the chasers. You know, I stopped needing chasers with my tequila like two decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, woman up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> The only thing, um, I can't think of a liquor I need a chaser for these days. I don't drink much anymore. But even, I mean, I could drink Crown right out of the bottle. <laughs> like a wino. Wouldn't bother me at all. you a break sweetheart but by 25 we expect you to be able to drink vodka like a woman okay (laughs) that's right (laughs) even if you have to lick salt off some hot guy's chest to do it (laughs) (laughs) you need to take one for the team so if anybody Uh, has any more questions about (laughs) wild hair Post them in the chat room. Yeah, because we got 16 minutes left. Um, but um, I but I really do enjoy cooking um, uh, a lot, and I like experimenting. Um, but I really don't enjoy tequila at all. You know, and tequila I, I have, makes me mean when I drink it, so <laughs> I don't buy it. Patron Silver changed my mind about tequila because I was thought it, it was sort of a, it was it was an easy drunk, but it wasn't a particularly tasty drunk. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I had, used to have these epic going away parties whenever I would leave leave a company. I don't know why my going away parties were always so out of control, but um, <laughs> we go to this restaurant and it's the restaurant. Yeah, this restaurants have these. The claim to fame is that they have like eighty different um, brands of tequila, and I was like, oh, I guess we're having tequila. Um, 
And I said I, I ordered something, and like the, the my my manager was like m- former manager was like mortally offended that I was drinking um, this brand of tequila. He says I'm 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 ordering your tequila now. So he ordered me a shot of Patron Silver, and I was like, ooh, that is much better. I like that. And uh, <laughs> I had 13 shots in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> But for some reason, her going away parties get out of control. I wonder what that is. I wonder what that reason is. I have. Let's I really ponder it, this. We got. I my my. I don't. I don't. I don't know why. It, it's actually kind of a little bit like. Why do these people party so hard when I'm leaving? It's a little bit strange. <laughs> but um, we got kicked out of a restaurant once. Um, <laughs> like we got kicked out, and a couple of the people got banned. Like, do not come back. I was like, hmm. That was unfortunate. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> it was it was a going away party where I got petulant because I got cut, I got cut off. Um, they told me I couldn't have any more to drink, um, and I got cut off. And uh, and uh, I had um, already ordered uh, te- uh, tequila sunrise, and um, they didn't know I had ordered a drink, and I was annoyed. That you know, and they're like, you know, you you really cannot have anything to more drink, and I was like, well, I'm taking it home with me then, and the, and the, and the waiter's like, you can't take that home, you, you can't take our glass out of here. I dumped it in my purse, <laughs> <laughs> which was not. I well, don't know. if you had it, already paid for it, that was yours. It's mine. That was my thought. If this is mine, and so I poured it into my purse um, <laughs> because it was mine, and I. Just and I remember doing that and thinking it was completely logical, and imperiously handing him the glass back as if, well, I just showed you. <laughs> they, they just thumbed me out for laughing my ass off. <laughs> and he's I like, "Well, I guess you glass. can take it. I guess you can take it with you." <laughs> of course, the next morning I woke up and I was like. What the fuck happened to my purse? (laughs) (laughs) Why is everything wet and sticky? (laughs) Because there's a lot of fruit juice in a tequila sunrise, so that was not... You know that that waiter has been telling that story forever. (laughs) The last 20 years. (laughs) And she poured the drink into her purse. (laughs) Told her she couldn't have any more, and so she dumped that tequila sunrise right in her purse. Was he gonna take your drink back? I don't understand. Were they kicking you out at that time, or no, no? Um, it's just my friends were like, "You've had way too much to drink." So my friends were the ones being militant about me not drinking anymore. My former coworkers, I guess, um, were being really militant about you can't have any more to drink. Um, and uh, but I already ordered this drink, and the guy delivered it. And um, so I'm arguing with them about how I'm going to take it. He's like, you can't take that with you. You can't take that out of the building. I'm like, oh, just watch me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, here at my point, I'm thinking to myself, well, which one of you bastards is going to pay for this drink I'm not allowed to drink? (laughs) Because I'm that drunk. Uh, 
I get, um, and I think I think part of the reason why I tend to not drink much around my coworkers because a, it's good policy to not get drunk with people <laughs> you work with. It's just good practice. But I am a very, um, um, I'm, well, I'm a little bit affectionate when I'm drunk, and I'm happy, and I am all about intrusive advice. <laughs> And you should totally dump her because she's a bitch. <laughs> um, well, I went so like we went out so we had to go outside and get some air. This was this was I think this was the same part same party as the Tequila Sunrise, but we had more than one party at that place, so it's a little bit hard to remember because I also was that drunk. And um, I um, anytime anybody I would. But just comment. People walking by outside, I would call out to them with observations about them and their life and advice for how they could do things differently. And it would be things <laughs> like, you know, um, you look miserable. You probably need to have sex more. Things like that. And I had no filter based upon, you know, police uniforms either. So I was perfectly willing to tell cops that I thought that they frowned too much and that maybe they were spending too much time with their gun. <laughs> I couldn't believe I said that. You know, it was a long time ago. Um, unfortunately, the police officers found it amusing and said, you're not going to let her have any more to drink, right? <laughs> <laughs> and my friends were like, no, she, she's. we cut her off. She's good. And she's not driving, right? No, no, she's not driving. Okay. Is there any fandom that can't be posted on Whip? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I I can't think of a single fandom that I would out, outlaw. I mean, I, like I said, if the the only real content rule I have beyond you know not posting fic you've been paid to create um, is pedophilia. So if there's a fandom out there where the only pairing is pedophilia, then you can't post that fandom on my site. I would not want to see Lolita fanfiction on Wild Hair. Yeah. No. Because that's pedophilia. Now, we did put in so – if when you guys join, um, you'll and you get to browsing around through um, the site, you'll – we put in a bunch of stuff kind of what occurred to us in terms of pairings and fandoms. So the fact that it's not represented in the site list doesn't mean anything. It just means that it, we weren't trying to get a comprehensive list of fandoms because there's no point in putting fandoms up there that nobody's going to write in. So it's very easy to request a new fandom, be at it, and we will happily do it. But don't ask for us to add a fandom that you're not actually planning to write a story in because that's just rude. So legitimately, if you have something you're going to post in a fandom, like let's say you want to write something in Helsing and we don't have that fandom listed, because we don't, don't ask for it just because you might someday. You know, turnaround time on getting a fandom added is not so long that you can't wait till you have a story that you've actually written. Right. Um, Otherwise, we might as well just go to AO3's fandom list and input them all. Um, Chan and Pedophilia are the same thing. Yeah, right? yeah. Fan, fandom kind of adopted this term, um, and um, it, to make it less skeezy. Yeah, but it's still still it's still fucking disgusting. 
I, I have issues with this. I, I really, really do. Um, there are few things in fandom I find more offensive um, than pedophilia or pedophilia, pedophilia being called Chan. Because... <laughs> hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you have something in a fandom that isn't on our list, just put. Um, there's a form you can fill out where you can ask for a, a fandom to be added. Um, and if you have your post ready, you can leave your post as a draft, and then we'll send you a message in the communication center when when we've processed your request and your fandom collection is available. Yeah. Or, or you could, if you want to be proactive and you know you're a few days out from having something ready to post, and you want to be sure your pairings and your fandoms are in the system. You can request them a little bit ahead of time. Just don't so, request them on the eventuality that you might someday want to. That's just making busy work for us when you may never come through. But before you make a request, do go into the publishing mod- module and make sure the shit isn't already there. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I did invest a lot of time in browsing other archives and creating um, fandom li- the, the fandom list. Now, Pairing list, I, I did the best I could, but I know there's going to be shit that, you, that you'll want added, and that's perfectly fine. Um, I don't mind adding them at all. Um, but uh, one reason why I'm not letting you add your own is because it leads to um, pairings being called four or five different things, and I hate that. I really fucking hate that. And also, I don't want Spork anywhere on my site. <laughs> so, if and if I let you, someone someone would put Spork instead of Spock Kirk or Kirk Spock. <laughs> they, they'd put Spork on my site. It really bothers me. But I am the um, the uniform for posting um, pairings is first name, last name, first name, last name, unless they don't have a last name. Like Spock, so it would be James Kirk slash Spock. I am against Fork Spoon love. I, I am. Actually, Fork Spoon love is fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's, those, it's, the, it's the amalgamation of those name mashups are not okay. There'll be none of that shit. No, um, the tag system is the same setup as Rough Trade because we use tags for organization. So there is a warning section that is separate from the tags, um, and the warnings are predefined. Yeah, so you're not going to see um, 80 tags on Wild Hairs. I think that's stupid. And now a lot of because a lot of what people so you've got genre, the things that you that are predefined lists are genres um, and warnings. And, and, then the, and then the fandoms and the pairings. So those are all predefined lists. Um, if you n- need content tags, you're going to have to figure out where – you put that in your author notes or in your summary or something because we aren't, we aren't supporting content tags. So if you want people to know that your story contains some – I realize people use tags to let people know – some people just use tags for stupid stuff. But I do realize that there's a legitimate use for co- tags for content where you're letting people know that you're, you know, putting this one particular kink in or something. You have to put that in your author notes or you're going to have to put it in your summary because um, there's just, you know, 
no content tagging because people would lose, go crazy with it, and we would uh, we get grumpy. If somebody had, because I saw a story that was two thousand words, two, and it was complete, two thousand words, and it had over two hundred tags. I almost broke my rule and sent that author hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Notice she said almost. I didn't, but it was. I mean, I I had to walk away from my computer because I'm a grown up um, and I have self control. There is um, a word count minimum on posting, um, and that's. I forget what I put. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> to keep the um, database. Uh, healthy there is a maximum of 35k per post um and what did we say the minimum was i don't remember i'm not sure if we put it in the guidelines or not because well 500 would be the minimum that we currently have on the big short so um, I'll use that because I, I wouldn't want you not to be able to post your shorts um, on the site if you wanted to so we'll do a minimum of 500 yeah so you can't do 200 word chapters that's you know that's because that's ridiculous but, you know, the 1,000-word uh, minimum on RT is designed to prevent assholes from posting um, 200 words a day for 30 days. Yeah. Because rough, rough, tra- rough trade is always a – there is no minimum um, – so this is a little bit different because rough trade, there's always a minimum word count that you're striving to achieve. And when you – post 200 words that feels a little like you're not there is no like no rough trade challenge that is designed for 200 words a day so except perhaps but that you have to com- post complete never mind that, even with the even with the um, battle to five fandoms you have to post at least 5,000 words um, at a time so um, yeah, 200 words five times a day is an okay. So rough trade's a little bit different because we don't want multiple posts in a day, but also because 200 words isn't really bringing you towards any, anywhere towards your goal. Um, it, it's like you're not engaging in the challenge if you're not posting some okay. sort of. Okay, we're down to 42 seconds. Wow. You use those two hours. Yeah, I know. Use those two hours up. Um, we're gonna get started on the beta. There's already a couple applications in, and we're gonna go through them. And um, I did post the first 16 chapters of Phoenix on there um, for you guys just to see how it would look and, and all that stuff. Um, and um, you're welcome to um, put in an application and we'll uh, work through the beta as quickly as we can and get people added and, you know, just go through it and um, just be patient. You guys have a great evening and we're out of time. So I say good night. Good night.